Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour Podcast. Yes, hello everybody, welcome to episode 243, thank you for joining us tonight. Brian, how are you doing? Jim, um, we had ourselves a little bit of a bender last night. <laughs> yes, we did. We really <laughs> shouldn't be doing these on Sundays. You mean Mondays? No, I mean doing these benders on Sundays. <laughs> Well, we we had a good reason to go extra hard in the paint, Jim. So for those of you watching right now, we're recording on the 8th. It's a Monday. We watched that god-awful Eagles game last night. Yep. Kicked into... I'm doing great today. Got our teeth kicked in by the lowly... Well, now 6-11 and Giants. So, yeah. Uh, Eagles are doing good. We've lost like, you know, five of our last six going into the playoffs. I'm doing great. So it's, everything's fine. It's wonderful. It's great. No problems. <laughs> Listen, Jim, we're just trying to throw everyone's, you know, throw us off the scent. We can't go in there going, getting too cocky. We want everyone to think we're bad. We're playing possum. That's what it is, Jim. That's right. We're playing the long game, Brian. 40 chess moves all around. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So we got together with a few of our buddies, Dan, Joe, and Michelle, Dan, of course, from Console Wars, Joe, Scarlet Sprites, and Michelle from Petey's Power Hour. Also, well, now it's, now it's the Point and Drink Adventure. Point and Drink Adventure. So, uh, as we did last year, it'll become a yearly tradition when the Giants and Eagles play. Um, last year, we had fun. This year, Dan had fun. You Lucky him. Ah, ha, 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 Dan, you had the gym win. Because, yeah, you got the win, but you weren't happy because it screws up your draft picks. So, ha, ah, <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy that caveat. But... As we do when we get together. Actually, uh, go on. Right. Actually, speaking of Dan, real quick, I have to do a big sorry to Dan because when we did our rundown of all the shows that we appeared on, I totally forgot that their 100th episode was last year. I thought it was like the very end of the year before. So, yeah, I forgot to put that on the list. And Dan comes up to me. He's like, what the fuck? I was the episode. <laughs> I was like, where's my shout out? <laughs> sorry, Dan. Dan, it's Jim's fault. It's always it Jim's fault. <laughs> Links below. Check out the video if you haven't yet. Yeah. No, that was a really fun episode. I liked uh, yelling at you some more. <laughs> you, you like to have excuses. <laughs> but, Dan knows uh, who we are. As we do, every time we get together, we tend to drink a lot. And you know what? I was at the beer store. I'm bringing a case of beer to Jim. And I said, you know, do you want Coors? you want Yingling? And I was like, or they have hams, which... We've talked about hams on this because of that friggin' commercials that they've put out in the 80s or 70s. I don't even know when they 60s. were. 60s, yeah. Yeah, they were very questionable, very offensive, but it was one of those that made us laugh really hard. So he's like, fuck it, get hams. For a 30-pack, it was $17. And I went, this is going to be terrible. Come on over. Me and Jim split the first one, and we both went... Is it just us, or is this oddly way better than it should be? And, you know, one turned into two, turned into three. Dan gets there. Now we're in the fives and the sixes. And even Dan and Joe are like, this is actually pretty goddamn good. Mm -hmm. it, I, it's criminally underrated when you talk about... Now, I guess it is fair to say, Jim, I don't know if it's distributed everywhere apparently it's really big in the midwest so when i did my little post about it because just from how shocked i was everyone's like yeah that's like the go-to cheap beer of choice at bars and shit like that out in the midwest so i mean it's around here i don't know if it's on the west coast at all but yeah bro i've got got the last one got number 30 of the 30 pack so 
I'm not getting to her yet. She's going to be the palate cleanser later tonight, but I think I forget if I was at like eight or nine or if I even did more, but I know I drank way, way, way too many of them. Um, of course I was drunk, but I will say my hangover, like I think I woke up at three in the morning, just really hot, but I never had a headache, never got sick and was surprisingly in good shape this morning. So hams might be the way to go in the future, Jim. <laughs> it made a strong argument. I will go that route. It, I was like, oh my God, is this going to be my new cheap beer of choice? Like, I'm wearing my Keystone shirt right now. I feel like I'm cheating on it. Jim, I, I think I'm just going to steal your gimmick, and instead of that wolf thing, I'm going to have the hams poster in the back. You should. I support this. <laughs> so uh, so you're finishing off the last hams. I'm actually pretty jealous I don't have some here tonight with me. I'm not, I'm not getting to that just yet. I do have another beer, but you can get to yours first. So uh, I mentioned last episode those Nice Choufflés, the Choufflé Brewery de Chaflu. It's I'm continuing with the four-pack. I really want to spread them out because they are delicious. And this one is called Nice. Chouflet. I know the glare is kind of fucking it up. Um, it's orange peel and thyme Belgian dark beer brewed with spices. So it's a Belgian dark 10 percenter. A little bit stronger than the hams yesterday. Uh, there was zero head, zero lacing. This thing is very malty, very strong. Um, you get a tiny bit of that orange that's talking about, but like most Belgians, like it's, it's so, I don't want to use a word bready, but that's the best way I can describe the mouthfeel. It's like very full and it's one of those ones for sure. You feel the warmth go down all the way. So already delicious. The couple sips I've had, I'm sure I'm going to love it by the end. Nice. And I am drinking. This is actually another holdover from yesterday. So good old Michelle, she is a staunch, if I'm drinking beer, it's got to be a sour. Because, you know, she's got that refined palate to her. So I'm drinking the last of the sour that you picked up for, the Hardcore Loops Sour Ale from the Weldworks Brewing Company. Uh, out of, where the hell is this out of? Yeah, I'll figure that out eventually. 4.8% <laughs> alcohol, which is kind of standard, little on the lowish side for sours. Sours either sneak in at like 13% or they're like 4%. There's like no in between. But it's with silica lemon, tangerine, and strawberry puree, vanilla, graham crackers, cream cheese, fruity cereal, and milk sugar. Uh, yeah. So, much like you, when this poured out, it poured out to almost absolutely no head. Uh, the head that was there dissipated almost like a soda. It just, like, fizzled away to, like, nothingness mm. immediately. It was very bizarre, actually. Uh, there is absolutely no lacing to it at all, but it's still, like, very hazy. So it's not like see-through at all, but uh, the aroma is, it really smells like Fruit Loop cereal, basically. So that's yeah. like kind of shocking. Even with my crappy sense of smell at this point, it's like cutting right through. And taste-wise, it's a sour. It's good. Uh, it's not like the most revolutionary sour of any type that I've had before, but if you like a sour, you'll enjoy this one. Yeah, I remember Michelle saying it didn't taste like Fruit Loops. No, it doesn't. You definitely get more of the, uh, you do get that, like, almost lactose kind of feeling at the end, even though they don't promote it. Like, the only one that doesn't promote lactose, it tastes like it. Mm -hmm. And you definitely get more of that, like, puree kind of feel in your mouth. Mm. Okay. It's nice. good, though. Yeah, you definitely, like, the, it kind of finishes strong with the strawberry. 
flavoring. It's like the strawberry and vanilla really mixed together at the end. It's good, yeah, though. That, nice little um, dessert beer. I forget the name. Oh, it's driving me crazy. Do you remember the one, the Fruity Pebbles knockoff I got a couple times? Yes. I can't. Re- I, I forget. I, I mean, I, I'll know the can as soon as I see it. I remember how delicious that was. I am a sucker, especially for, like, fruity beers. I'm like, yeah, if you can imitate the fruity cereal, I love. Like, I can't believe there's not a Trix beer. Now, there probably is. Probably. But, like, you know, that's the type of shit I'm like, yeah, I want to. I don't mind. See, I know certain beer snobs would be like, you can't have beer taste like stuff. I'm not Shut like that. Up. I'm like, Shut if you can up. make a beer taste good and make it taste like a spicy chicken sandwich, I would fucking try it. I don't care. Oh, I'd kill for that. <laughs> I feel like it would do terrors to your stomach, but still, I would want to taste it. Oh, yeah, it would wreck you completely. Mm-hmm. But I'll try the crap out of that. But, Brian, <sighs> speaking of wrecking us and trying things out, Brian, we play, I mean, my only game that I played this past week was when we were hanging out. So... Weird, along with watching the game and getting drunk together with our buddies, somehow every time we've done this, we've also played the CDI, and we've whipped it out, and good old Dan, the poor schmuck grew up with the CDI, and he still (laughs) has his childhood copy of Link Faces of Evil, and he brought it over for us to try out, and uh, yeah, wow, I was shocked by how it lived up to how bad it is. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it could have been the seven or eight hams at that moment in our systems that didn't help it either. Right, but that's we, just called gamer fuel. We we all tried it, and stiff is beyond. Uh, you know what? Actually, I, I was thinking about what made that game worse is not only how friggin' stiff and terrible the control is, but the speed at which the enemies come in. It's like overwhelmed. Like you either need that and have tight controls, or have the shitty controls, but then slow down the enemies. I think that was probably the bigger problem. And it's not just that, but, like, you as Link, you move slow as hell. Like, the entire time we were playing, Joe's just sitting on, like, the end of the couch going, why is he so slow? It's so goddamn slow. And meanwhile, you're being bum-rushed by, like, eight enemies at a time. And, yeah, like, having to stab rubies to pick them up is fucking stupid. You have to, like, it's, it has that adventure game element. You can start in a couple different areas and got to go to the shop and get your items. But, oh, my God. It you is have just... to stab people to talk to them. I don't think any of us made it through, like, a single screen of any of the levels that we tried. Mm-mm. I no. mean, to its credit, you have infinite continues. Thank God for that, I guess. So, if you're a masochist, it's beatable. But, yeah. Well, we, we also had to introduce Joe to the terribleness that is Hotel Mario, because he couldn't believe there's a stupid game about opening and closing doors. And I can't believe he like, was totally not familiar with that game either. Uh, Jim, it's it's a better life when you don't know about that game. Yeah, we kind of brought his quality it. of life down a bit yesterday. <laughs> and then we, uh, we capped it all off with some poker, Jambers. Yep. Got my ass kicked and have a single winning hand. <laughs> Jim, I knew it had to burn your ass to see me winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's college all over again. Um, so that's the only game you played this past week, huh? Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, I'm in the throes of trying to get this game room ready. So, yeah, right now, I mean, everyone saw it yesterday. It looks like a bomb went off in here with all the boxes and just crap I have strewn everywhere. But I have gotten rid of a lot of boxes, too. So it's getting there. The game room tour video will come when it's ready, but it's just got to get ready first. So... 
yeah, I sacrificed some gaming, but I might try and start in this week. Okay. I, um, I, I've got about six or seven levels into Duke Nukem 1, which, um, it's funny because it's bringing back so many memories as a kid playing that game, but my God, the sound effects. And I know I'm talking about a DOS game, and I, I forget what else it was on, the Amiga or whatever. It was on a couple Yeah, Commodore probably, all that crap. Those sounds are terrible. My son was sitting there playing Fortnite. I thought I had it low. He's playing with his cousin. He's like, what is that annoying beeping and like booping going on in the background? He's like, oh, my dad's playing some game. It's called gaming, <laughs> bitch. That's what that's called. You so, learned your yeah, history. Um, just chugging away at that game. I, same as you. I, I haven't. I really haven't played a lot. I'm hoping to get through that. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to keep going because we got our... Uh, Beat five. and yeah. you know, So, Brian, uh, we have to talk about this. Let's go. Questions came up in the Discord. Links below if you enjoy Discord. Free to join. Feel, hop on in, everybody. But in the Beat 5 franchise channel, people were like, so is there like a cap you can put in for a super long series? Because they're like, because then no one's going to touch like Assassin's Creed or Mario or Final Fantasy or any of these games that have like, you know, 20 some games to it or something like that. They're like, can we cap it off at like five or something? And I was like, I mean, it is a decent idea because then no one will be hitting any of the heavy hitters too. Or can you just do like an offshoot? Like, say if I, I was to say Metroid, if I Metroid Prime is three games, well, technically four, it's a remaster. So if I if you said you just did the the Metroid Prime series and not the whole Metroid series, would that count? Yeah. And I was no, like, I... yeah, that sounds fine. And what do you think? Like, say you do it. Instead of saying, you know, the series has to be at least three games, should it be to be a series? Well, no, because, yeah, we can keep the three games, but mm -hmm. you can stop at, like, five, could you say, depending? Yeah, I mean, that. well, and I honestly, when I thought about this, like, I figured, like, you're not going to be like, well, I'm going to go ahead and do all the Mega Man games. That was another but, one that came up. People wanted to play some Mega Man. They're like, but I don't want to play 30 games. I'm like, but, I get but, it. But what is there, 12 right now? Mega Man's is eleven. Yeah, if you don't if count you like X and yeah, and that so to that point, that that was my point. Like, yeah, if you went X, what is there five games in that? No, X is like eight or something. Is it okay? Maybe. Yeah, like I tried to say that. That's why I even argued like, could I do the timeline of Ocarina if I decide to beat it? And then if there is an offshoot, I'm fine with that. Mario, I don't. Are there offshoot series with? Super Mario. Yeah, there's a I million mean, of them. There's like the new Super Mario series. There's uh, okay. There's a bunch of other crap. So yes, for sure. If there's a clear offshoot, do it. Do it up. If there's a main series, uh, yeah. I mean, you you. What do you think is fair? Do you just double the the count of three and say do at least six of them? Yeah. Uh, like so, if you want to do Mortal Kombat's, you don't have to do all twelve. Or, or it could whatever. be a sliding scale, though, because, like, yeah, say you do Assassin's Creed. Like, if you say I played five Assassin's Creed games, and then another guy says, you know, I played 12 Mortal Kombat, so you still put more time into those five Assassin's Creeds. So oh, for sure. I can't well, argue with you at that point, either. Assassin's Creed is a one where I would say there's the Ezio trilogy. There's, like, three games in his character, so you could just do those three. Um, I don't know if there's... I forget the pirate one. There's three. So, yeah, you don't have Black to... Black Flag. Yeah, that that's the one. Um, so yeah, get creative with it. Do three, obviously 
we're not we're not if there's one thing we're not is sticklers for rules like that Use but, your best judgment yeah but like you know the idea is like kind of seeing it through the same way as like should you listen to an album all the way through or do you get it after listening to a few songs a franchise if you're picking a really hefty one you're gonna make it tougher on yourself but you know if you wanted to experience new franchises like say you never played streets of rage that's very beatable in a short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, know? there's only four of them. You got to do all of them. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, just have fun with it. But yeah, if you're playing games that are 30, 40 hours, don't kill yourself over it. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. We still want people to enjoy themselves at the end of the day, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Jim, you know me. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I let things go. I'm not you. I'm Mr. Fun. You're Mr. Not Fun. What? I'm very fun. I'm super fun. I'm fun for days, damn it. Show you how goddamn fun I am. <laughs> oh, goddamn it, Chambers. So, well, I guess that begs a question then for you. Um, are you still going to commit to doing all the Bionic Commandos? I think so. I think I'll give them a shot. Here's the thing I will say. I give full leniency where if there's a series and there's some little shit spinoffs on handhelds and you don't get to do them i'm fine with that oh yeah if you just skip them and say i'm sticking to main consoles or main story do that 100 because i know you were talking about doing some of the bionic commando like game boy games or whatever yeah there's like one on game boy one on game boy color because there's only like six games total mm. okay so that's why i was going hmm i guess i should do those but we'll see yeah so jamber speaking of that obviously the whole reason you're even dipping your toes into that world is uh, our Patreon request to do that game. So what questions we got this week? Patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question that we will answer on each and every single one of these power hour podcasts. So first up from Todd Howard sucks. What are your thoughts on the use of AI art? You know, this is one of those ones where, I completely commiserate with artists. Is it another thing where technology is pushing people out? Sure. Do I do I know or think AI art's ever actually going to replace humans? I don't think that will ever be the case. Um, but it's like, in what in what way are you using it? If you're like, create, hey AI art, create this logo. That then turns into a crazy profitable sale for t-shirts. You know, there's there's weirdness because in some aspect that AI art is pulling image sources that are sampling probably real art. So so it's totally like I get it, but then again, there is no such thing as original thought anymore. Everything is a derivative of something else. Even if you are an artist, you're inspired by something that was inspired by something you know so because you can make the same argument if you were an artist that draws stuff by hand and you do your own sonic pictures you're really just copying the ip of sonic and doing it in your style so is ai doing that same thing um i, I don't know like i think i'm okay with it in the sense that you're not ever going to stop it at this point and I think there should be disclaimers that, like everything else, if you want to support actual artists, there should be a disclaimer that this shirt was developed with AI art or this whatever else you use AI art for 
was made using AI art. Let people know what they're purchasing. But if you're doing it for just fucking around on a YouTube video or something else, I'm not that worried about it. Especially like thumbnails and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, it, yeah, I'm kind of in just like the base boat of if you're not selling it, I don't really care what you do with it. Like if you just stick around and have fun with it or using it for thumbnails and stuff, fine. Like I don't give a shit. Or even if you like, you know, put in a prompt to give yourself an idea of something you want to draw. All right. That's fine. But yeah, like when I see something, when I see like a Marvel show using AI art for like when they were doing it for the, what was that shield show? The Nick Fury one secret war. What's the secret war. I think there's a big hoopla about them using AI art for like that intro that they did on whatever streaming service that crap was on. It's mm. like, it's like, come on, Marvel. You can afford to have like a real graphic artist, like do some work. So that's when I go, come the fuck on now. So yeah. I mean, if I was an artist, I'd be shitting bricks, honestly, because I mean, you fucking, you either have to be extremely good at what you do or already established or it, that's scary. It's a scary time for our artist friends out there. Yeah. But yeah, if you're just a person dicking around with it, I don't see the single issue with it. And that's but yeah, I mean, I if go, you're gonna be like, spending money on something, just give it, give it to an artist at the very least, like a real one. That's yeah, I I do think if you if somehow, well, actually, are there any AI art generators that aren't like wh what's all the ones that uh, that our buddies from not for human consumption? What was the one they were using because they came up with some cool images? But what was that thing they used? I I forget what it is, but it, that's they're all just like anything else. Like they all just pull assets from what's established out there. No, no, like no, but I'm saying, do they pay for that thing? That yeah, it? theirs is a little more advanced than just, like, say, using Bing Image Creator or something like that. So, mm. I forget which one they use. I, I, Yeah, I hate to say it, but there's also, like, a weird thing, and we're lucky enough, we know some artists we go out to, Optic does our logos, like, we're, we're very lucky in that sense. But for an average creator, the idea of, like, where do I even go to get an artist like it's not hard you google it like we've used fiverr for some things that we've done that's a good way to get some people um but yeah like if like jim said if like you were someone who's like very terrible at even pitching an idea and you're like let me use that to try to generate something and you know what it generates a good enough logo fine like like do it but to jim's point if you're using that as a thing to turn around and sell I also wonder what's the copyright situation with that. Like you can't, you probably can't copyright a logo generated with AI art. I have absolutely no idea. I'm too stupid to answer that question. Yeah. So Drewski, um, Drewski, if you're listening, let us know yeah, with JD Mains, okay. wherever you are out there. I'm okay with it, but I do. I, I agree with you, Jim. I think it sucks for artists out there. Cause it, it probably is a uh, fairly terrifying Oh, yeah, to say the least. Next up from Burn Retinas. If you have to fart on a long car drive with other passengers, do you look for a reason to stop and rip or unleash the Kraken and roll the window down? Just roll the fucking window down. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, on most cases, presumably you're doing long car trips with family, friends, wives, whatever. Yeah, you let it crack, you do what you do. I will say, as somebody who's had to go on very long car trips with work people, yeah, that's you don't want to times, be fart boy. You don't want to be fart boy. But I've, I've, you know, I've tried to play up the 
Like, like there's sometimes when, you know, it's like, it's inevitable where like, I actually like, I feel like my, my body when I'm around people, I don't know is good of like, we don't have to pee. We don't have to fart. We don't have to do anything. We're good. But then sometimes you eat too much of that road jerky and your snacky snacks. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh boy. Um, and I, I'll be like, yeah, we're just, we're driving through PA farm County. That's that smell. You know, like sometimes you just, you let it go and, and you know, you just don't make it obnoxious. I'll say that. Like you can't let a real bad one rip. If you're going to do that, you gotta be like, Oh, does anyone need to use a bathroom or I could use something to stretch my legs. You come up with an excuse, but if it's family, friends, let them rip. Now you either go all the way or don't do it at all with work people. So you either hold it in for six hours or you just shit your pants. There, there's no in between at that point. <laughs> See Jim. Now I would ask you this next power question. move, Brian power move, but I already know it's you and obviously your wife. Um, I would say, how long would you normally wait to fart in front of a girlfriend? But I feel like you're the wrong demographic to ask this question. Uh, so, okay. Imagine, imagine I know this is your worst nightmare. Imagine your wife leaves you, Jim, and you have to start over. <laughs> I am not starting over, but go on. Oh, you're going to start somewhere. I'm not saying you're going down the same journey, but let's say uh, Jimmy's out and single and dating. Uh, how long is Jimmy waiting before he decides I can confidently let one rip in a car ride and hope it doesn't jeopardize the situation? Actually, what do you call it? When I was... Uh actually dating for i didn't date a ton but when i was in a dating pool i don't know well one a lot of the relationships didn't last long enough to get to the farting stage anyway so i was holding <laughs> off as much as possible or uh you know just running away like oh gotta go pee <laughs> crap like that uh but with my lovely wife that poor girl so on our second date we were actually going to your place to for a party and on the way before this. we left i had uh, you know we went and got some food and on the drive over, I was like, uh-oh. And there is there is no stopping nature this time. So, <laughs> since you had a party going on, I didn't want to blow out the party. But what you did have was an Acme across the street. Which, for those who don't know, it's a big supermarket chain. And I was like, hey, uh, I gotta take care of something. She's like, okay. I was like, I need to hit the bathroom. I'm gonna go in Acme. And she was just like, okay. So, yeah. I left her out there, second date, just alone in the car for about a good 15 minutes as I went into an Acme and shit my brains out. <laughs> I don't know why she stayed. <coughs> but yeah. So, once again, Brian, you either don't do it at all, you go full bore and just shit your pants. You're a bold man, Jane Bershaw. 13 years man. later, still together. 10 years married. So, you tell me, pure, Brian. Pure bliss, right? <laughs> Today's a blessing. <laughs> oh i love that question though uh yep and yeah. last up from tj uh okay so brian if you were freezing to death and had to cut open jim and sleep in him do you think the inside would smell worse than the outside i'm not a goddamn tauntaun i mean come on you're kind of a tauntaun i am not a tauntaun <laughs> do i think your inside would smell worse than the outside it depends if Jim has taken a shit recently, because if he, if it's inside, it's gonna be, it's gonna be rough. Let's be honest. Be careful with that knife, Bri. Be careful with that um, knife. 
Yeah, I, I feel like there would be that comical cloud of green smoke that would just come up as soon as you hit it. <laughs> and so, just, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Damn it, I'm not a boomer. <laughs> but let's be honest. I would poke you and I would just get splattered with you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Probably, actually. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to say the inside's a little worse, TJ. I'm going to say, but, it, but um, wearing a gym blanket would be weird. I will say that. I feel like that's a smell you'd never get off you. Ah, uh, Brad, have all of his dreams come true and finally be inside me. Ah, oh, God damn it, Jim. Ah, TJ, you son of a bitch. <sighs> Don't worry, TJ, I'll let him down lightly. But yes, that wraps up the Patreon questions for this week. So once again, thank you to everyone out there for all the support. Make sure to head over to Patreon in the links below. Check out all the tiers for... Bonus content, bonus episodes, uh, game review requests, movie review requests, all that good stuff over patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game. And if you're listening for the first time on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube, head on over to all the other things. Make sure to sub, leave some likes, leave some comments, leave some reviews. Anything you can do can help out the page. And if you're listening and you are in artistically inclined or you're advanced with AI art, please make Jim a Tauntaun. No. No. I okay, maybe really, do it. I would really love Jim as a Tauntaun. That's all I'm going to say. There's a challenge for the week. There's your homework. <laughs> all right, Chambers. So we are back. I finished off this absolutely delicious beer, which I knew would be great. My only re uh, regret is not having another one. Although I will say 10% after going through all that hams, it I, I can feel it. And And, you know, I mentioned last week, I'm still pounding away at these goddamn Genesee Oktoberfest. I need to be done with these. But I see you holding up the beautiful can from yesterday, and I forgot to ask you earlier. I know you were hitting it hard. You did a little mescal as well. And um, how was your hangover? Because I know you have notoriously rough hangovers. Yeah, I do. I, I am prone to me some hangovers. And, like, weirdly enough, kind of like you, I wasn't, like, deathly ill or anything like that. But lucky for Jimmy and my soft, crappy body. So around like 3.30 in the morning, I didn't fall asleep until like midnight. Come 3 in the morning, had to take the old mid-morning pee because, you know, had like 10 beers the day before. And I do that, and I'm laying in bed. I'm like, ah, can't get comfortable. So I proceed to not sleep for the rest of the night before work today. So I had, you know, my good old 10 beers, mixing and matching. Uh, no sleep, really, to talk about. I was feeling a little foggy, Brian. I was a little bit out of it, thinking this is going to be a long day. But I also thought to myself, what better time than now to try out something that was sent to the show recently uh, called Magic Mind. So basically what it is, is it's like a combination of like matcha tea and like turmeric and specialty mushrooms. It's like 12 active ingredients. It's a supplement to your morning caffeine. And yeah, it's supposed to boost your energy and boost your concentration, all kinds of that stuff. And normally when I see this, I go, all right. But... I figured I have nothing else to lose, so instead of doing my normal routine to cure hangovers and all that stuff, and I wasn't hungover as much as my head was just in a straight fog. And I know when I have these things, it's one of these things, it's going to be like, it was going to be a two-day fog at least. Kind of those things where it takes me a while to feel human again. And yeah, so I got to work, I took it, mixed it in with my coffee, and yeah, I mean, it tastes like you're just kind of adding tea to whatever you're drinking. It's not like very astringent or anything like that. And I'm going about my day, and maybe like an hour, half hour to an hour, I start to like kind of clear up a little bit. 
And really, I think by like the hour and a half mark, I like actually visibly was just like, wow, I feel normal, which I was absolutely not expecting. So whatever magical combination that they have in there is, is I'm, I don't, it seems like it's legit. Like, and weirdly enough for the whole concentration thing. And they say like, you should need to take it a couple days in a row before it fully kicks in and you get the real benefits of it. But even just for me, like I'm in the throes of like finishing up some a little bit late year end stuff at work. And it's a lot of data entry and it's super boring and I hate doing it, but it's, you know, it's part of the job you have to do. And I struggle to keep my concentration on it. I plowed through a ton, like 200 entries or something like that today. So, yeah, I was kind of shocked by just how kind of focused it made me. And I'm kind of excited to see what it's going to be like after being on it for a couple of days. So, I got to say, if you've heard about it before, if you ever thought about maybe trying it, even with one day's usage, I def- don't do it like me with 10 beers and no sleep to really try and see how it works. But with... With that little small sample size, I was like, wow, I definitely felt it. I definitely felt an improvement thanks to it. No, and Jim, I think that's the thing is like, it's one thing to be hydrated, but I don't care how much you get over the sickness, that that mind fog like you're describing, having something to help you get over that. Because, yeah, that drags your ass throughout the rest of the day. and You are shit for productive. Like you said, of course, you know, drinking 10 hams is probably not the best way. But for those of you, and I know there's many of you who listen and watch us, who might uh, have one too many soda pops before bed and the next day you need a little kick-me-up, you should really give this a try. Check them out at magicmind.com and do slash J-A-N-D-B-P-G. And if you use the code D-B-P-G-20, guess what? You're going to get an extra 20% off for over 75% off. And the best part is you're actually going to get a whole month free if you subscribe for three months. So they're doing a big January push. It's a huge January push. It's really worth it. But the thing is, make sure you get this order in before January because this is when the deal ends. Um, As Jim Before the end of January, you mean. We're in January now, Brian. That's what I said. Before the end of January. Oh, you just said before January. I was like, wait a second, Brian. We're a little late on this. Damn it, Jim. I said before the end of January. But at the but remember, I'll have the codes and the links below. Um, check them out as a good alternative to make sure you can get through that brain fog. And like Jim said, you can mix it with your coffee or your tea. So we're just drinking on its own. Whatever you want to do, it's going to help you get through the day. And especially if you have jobs like us and you need that little boost, give it a try. All right, Chambers. So uh, one of the real biggest pieces of news for us coming out of the last week actually ties to a good buddy of ours, Kevin and uh, Mark, who we had on the podcast previously. Uh, what's going on with hard drive? All right. So this came up uh, a couple days ago on the fourth, as of this recording. Uh, so four days ago and hard drive put out a thing saying they're starting a Patreon. Basically they've hit some rough times financially. They need a boost to keep going. And, you know, they set it up there, and immediately it starts getting retweeted all around. Uh, You know, big YouTubers are being like, hey, this is a funny page. You know, I don't want to see it go away. Just throw some some support. And on its face, you go, oh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Why not go out there and support them? But, like Brian said, we kind of have a connection with the page, tangentially, because, you know, a good buddy of the show, Kevin from Thought Cops, uh, he's been a writer on there for a while now. And... As of a couple months ago, he was like one of the top editors 
because weirdly enough, uh, like Jeremy Kaplowitz and Mark Roebuck, who are like the some of the co-founders and chief editors for all the stuff over there, they had went left one by one. And you're kind of going, huh, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So Kevin put out a long tweet that went pretty viral. So he said, you know what? I should feel bad saying anything about this, so here goes. We passionately advocated for a Patreon at Hard Drive and were aggressively shot down. The town and people who built the site were pushed out. To see this now is beyond upsetting. For the past few years or so, I put a lot of myself into the site, pitched a ton of jokes, 120 articles published, met a lot of great people, all that. I was eventually promoted to managing editor of the site and was ecstatic. Grateful for the opportunity. Felt like all of my hard work in the comedy minds was finally paying off, but things took a turn for the worst, and each day was new surprises that affected our livelihoods. These were all very avoidable surprises, mind you. A Patreon was going to be our Hail Mary, but alas, for some reason, the power that be did not want it, causing us to leave a dream job behind. At least we did all we could, in quotes, we consoled ourselves afterwards. I put a lot of myself into this project, pitched all sorts of ideas that could have helped. We all did. Merch, Patreon, and integrated YouTube content, and so much more. And most of them were shot down out of sheer stubbornness and nothing more. To see lie after lie spread and multiple big publications and YouTubers that I'm a fan of promote this Patreon under these pretenses is incredibly upsetting. There are so many receipts. Please share this and consider pulling out if you've already put money into it. And then he eventually had to write, Seeing as people uh, doubt this with no claims, here is one example from the response to a Patreon proposal that we put together for him when things were very dire for all of us financially. Uh, the guy in charge, he's the money guy, Matt Ciancombe. Uh, I'm probably butchering how that is. But our audience does not support us in any meaningful way, ever. We had a Patreon. We had merch. They don't click on anything. They consider us a meme account of no value. So on top of that, we also eventually heard from Fudge, who is their YouTube editor. He's the guy who made those super long N64 and Dreamcast videos, along with all their other like good YouTube videos that have been pu uh, published. Like He stopped doing his own YouTube page to work for Hard Drive, basically. And he went on to say, I'm going to say this because I think I deserve to. For months, months on end, I was bugging Hard Drive management about a Patreon. Often I got ignored for a week plus, but when I actually got a response, I was encouraged to, of all things write a Google Doc pitching the concept. So I did it regardless. I wasn't the only one trying to sway management on a Patreon, but so fiercely I was fighting for the, that night, I was accused of making a comment directly by the CEO uh, with no evidence whatsoever. So basically a person on their Patreon, or on the article, wrote a long comment saying, don't fall for this, all the major writers have voluntarily left their jobs recently due to poor management of the people of the article. So he went on to say, uh, fudge, that is. I vouched so hard for Patreon because I wanted all the writers and creatives working with Hard Drive, including myself, to get paid better. When I actually got a response, the idea was often shut down. Eventually, due to the state of the company, my pay was cut for a second time. I confronted management alongside a couple other important figureheads at the org and told them that we couldn't do a Patreon. I could no longer financially justify staying there. The answer was still no, so I left. Baffled at the decision, but whatever. It's unendingly frustrating to know that myself and many others who poured their soul in there left because of management's absolute refusal to compromise on a Patreon, and then to see them launch one away a month later and get over a thousand people pledging money. I'm seeing a lot of things float around about greed and people being fired. No one was fired. Everyone who left left because they were sick of management's decision making. And honestly, management is a lot of things, but I would not call them greedy from my experience. 
They did make an effort to pay people as much as possible. I found my pay, fa- my, my pay fair for a while, not disputing that I was paid and what I was owed, yet they frequently feel the need to remind critics of that. So, yes, I was paid what I was owed. Known as disputing payment, you did the bare minimum as a business owner should do. Well done. I make no allegations of greed, cheating, or foul play. I make allegations of poor management and incompetence that has fucked over other people. Basically, the only one left at Hard Drive have been there for about two months. They will reap the rewards of this successful Patreon, and I and so many others passionately fought for for so long. We will not see a dime. I do not know new people at Hard Drive. But I feel bad for them, haphazardly thrust into it. I'm broke. Back had to move in back in with my parents, basically. Yeah, uh, poor Fudge is going through some shit right now. And yeah, basically at the end of it, he's kind of going, you know, should you sign up? I mean, if you feel like it, sure. But just know that no one that brought you to hard drive beforehand or is even there anymore. So your money's not going towards them. But he does feel bad for people that can be thrown under the bus because they're associated with it now. To sum up, you know, really long Twitter threads. But then eventually, like, uh, Jeremy Kaplowitz, you know, put his two cents in with a lot of things. A lot of the old creators did. And... Yeah, there's a lot more that, like, I've heard because of knowing people, but it's not, you know, my story to tell is, like, a lot of the other people there will say. But, yeah, uh, there's a lot more that can come out from behind the scenes there, too. So, yeah, that all came as a shock. I mean, here's the deal. At the end of the day, it sounds like it was just terribly mismanaged. They didn't listen to the talent that, as you said, got the eyeballs and the people interested. A lot of people have left. I think if somebody were to subscribe, it's not shitting on the new people, but yeah, the, 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 the reason you're probably coming there is not going to be the reason you stay. Um, I don't wish anything bad, but I also, if I'm being completely transparent, I was also, you know, I'm the type, like we do have friends that are not associated with it. It's like, I don't want to support them now. Like had our friends still been there, it would have been a no brainer. But, like, I'm like, okay, I, I don't wish them ill will. I think it was just, like I said, a mismanagement thing. I think it sucks because you did have so many people that were so passionate about it, clearly, um, that put out some awesome articles, awesome videos. You know, um, can they write the ship? Maybe. I, I wonder if there's ever a chance of reconciliation with some of these folks that we've talked about. But if not... It is what it is, right? Like, I, I can't imagine it, it'll last forever unless they get other really talented folks on there. Yeah, and it's actually funny because, like, that mad guy, who was he was basically, like, the money guy behind the operation. Yeah. He eventually jumped into threads with him back and forth, and he's like, hey, look, you know, we you know we started one four years ago, and no one signed up. So I figured, you know, well, why bother? It was literally that, like, Bart Simpson can't win, don't try, which makes absolutely no goddamn sense. Like, it costs no money to have a Patreon up. It costs, makes no effort. You can set it as a tip jar. So it's really just comes down to, like, to me, it comes down to basic arrogance that he didn't want to go through it that way. And there's, especially if your creatives are going, hey, we need this help. And they, besides having, like, their articles be shared around, they had, like, huge moments with, like, Elon Musk and other yeah. things where... Like, they could have capitalized so easily and raked in so much money and kept so many people there. Because everyone who left didn't want to leave. Like, from what you hear from almost everyone, no one wanted to leave, but it's just like it wasn't worth it to stay there. You know what it is, though? And I will say this. I I find it with a lot in the community of some really legit, funny, or talented folks. 
they feel like they're too good or too above that to ask for a patron. Like they look at that as almost like, oh, you're going to like Main Street. Like like there's this attitude of like I don't want to be the one to have to ask for money. Like it's a pride thing, you know. Like there's a lot of people we know that have really good channels that either don't or started it and their Patreon, they're like, Oh, just a dollar, just do tips. Like you said, which is fine. But if you're a company like that, who you have a bigger staff, you have a lot of like expenses. It's yeah. It's a little insane. Unless you have a division dedicated to bringing in tons of sponsors. Why would you not have a Patreon in this day and age? It's insane. Yeah. Like any kind of creative, like, so many of them just say, if it wasn't for my Patreon, I wouldn't be doing this. Like, yeah. YouTube payouts are in the toilet from what they were in their heyday. Google sure. AdSense barely plays out anything. So, I mean, you need all the supplemental help you can get unless you're raking in, you know, millions and pot millions of views all the time or you have crazy merch sales, which, I mean, I guess to the owner's point, like, you know, they are, you know, a comedy meme page. Not meme page, but, you know, there's real effort put in those articles. But a lot well, of people yeah. just hit retweet without even opening the article. So of course, yeah, yeah. So you have to you have to get the support where you can from the people who actually really care about the work that's put into it. So yeah, obviously, like you said before, like we're going to be biased in this because you know, besides knowing Kevin for so long and like you know having talked to Mark and Sly the Garbage Man and other people like that, like you know we have connections to the writers there who have left. So it really sucks for them that they pleaded and were ignored, and apparently the office, you know, the office is you know they acted like dicks and crap like that too. And apparently the staff is just like a bunch of young kids at this point. So, yeah, it'll be it remains to be seen what's going to be the future for hard drive. And I, I, I don't wish them any ill will. Good no, luck I don't either. Endeavors, but if they write the ship, good on them. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? It's up to you to what do you call it? If you want to support them or not. And if you do, I don't really care if you do, but it's just good to get the other side out there to know what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And just recognize if you if you loved it in its heyday and you go there and you're like, this seems different. Now you might know a little bit more information. All right, Chambers. So the it's funny. I would have thought this was bigger news, but I've heard very little about it. Um, Switch to whatever the next iteration of Switch. We have an article here from Video Games Chronicle. Um, it's confirming what I've seen a lot of people confirm, which is that the next Switch iteration is not going to be like the big jumps between. It's just going to be probably another iteration of an updated Switch, which goes in line with what you and I have been saying, which is at this point, you're not going to do a separate uh, handheld. Keep this handheld thing going. Update the hardware and keep that rolling we know nintendo loves their gimmicks we know they love their little peripherals and this and that but with the switch's success you'd be crazy to switch it up i didn't mean to say it like that but um ha! the interesting thing is that they did say that this console could be about 400 dollars, which is you know 100 dollars more expensive than the original switch and that their games are probably going to start adopting that $70 price tag, like PS5 and Xbox Series X. So, whoo. I mean, we know Nintendo can... Nintendo is the abusive partner in a relationship that Nintendo fans are just going to keep taking all the abuse. And you know they're going to shell out the money. But uh, 
I don't know. What's your take on this? Um, it's interesting. So, yeah, this is all coming from Dr. Sir Kantoto, CEO of Tokyo Game-Based Industry Consulting, Kantan Games. One thing I really thought was interesting is him saying, the time is finally here for a Switch successor, even though I can say that a pro model actually did exist, and certain developers were already working with the dev kit. I believe the next hardware will drop in 2024 for 400 bucks. There's a high chance that the games will cost more too, so $70. I mean, the $70 thing, it's not a shock. Like, that's just the way of the industry now, and if everyone else is doing it, why not, I guess. Uh, even though, obviously, the money and expense and graphical abilities of these other games will still be blowing the Switch 2 out of the water with whatever it's going to look like. But that isn't a shock. Uh, being 400 bucks also not a huge shock because, I mean, if it is, you know, a generation more powerful at the very least, okay, fine. Uh, if it stays backwards compatible, I would be a very happy boy. But, uh, yeah, we don't have a lot of, you know, real specs called out here or any real thing about the system itself. So, it is, you know, at its base, a ton of speculation. But just hearing that a pro model is almost basically confirmed to have been out there and with developers, it's like, all right, things have been in the works. So, I wouldn't be shocked if it wasn't, like, a Christmas drop. Yeah, we're knowing, we're, sure. knowing, we're knowing goddamn Nintendo. They'll do what they did last time and have a random direct in March and just be like, oops, it's coming out in next month. Doopy doop doop doop. Do you, so I, Nintendo has never had the same cartridge type carry over from a system to a system. No. To your point. The closest they ever had was uh, GameCube playing in Wii's and Wii's playing in Wii U. Is there any chance you think they're going to keep the Switch cartridge style? So, like you said, so they could be backwards compatible. Especially if it's not a brand... If it is really just a bolstered-up version of the Switch. Yeah, I mean, I guess at that point it would make sense. I mean, they've done it before. Like, the 3DS uh, cartridges compared to the DS cartridge were pretty similar in size. They were just able to cram more shit on there, so... I don't know the tech behind doing that, but they could probably make that work. Or it'll just be way more dependent on more uh, day one downloads and patching and crap like that. So, and the article alludes to this, but what are some of your guesses for the big sellers? Like the, the specific, because, you know, the thing talked about a Pokemon game could obviously be something. But of all the series, I mean, we've talked... If they did a Metroid, I still think that's a. It's still more of a, it's, it's still more of a niche IP though. Exactly, it's, so, Metroid's never been a huge seller. Like, is it is it a new Mario Kart? Even it, though they've been releasing the DLC out the ass for it, it's got to be Mario Kart Nine. Like, they already blew their they blew their Mario load. They blew their Zelda load. Or so, is this another Smash Brothers at this point? Maybe. I mean, it could be, uh, I mean, I know Sakurai said that he wanted to be done with the series, but, you know, you throw enough money in anything, you can get people to change their goddamn mind. Because I feel like a new Mario would be too soon. Unless they were working on, like, you know, a secret 3D Mario behind the scenes that no one was being told about, which could be. We know it's not Zelda. Yeah, I mean, it can't be. It took five years to get, five... Years to get the sequel, which was basically just an updated version of Breath of the Wild, but yeah. Yeah, so 
they don't, don't know, they don't have I, a lot. Like I, I don't think an Animal Crossing will hit the same way it did for the Switch because that also had lockdown helping everyone need a time killer. So it's a, it's I, a new it's it's time for a new Donkey Kong, Jim. Let's go. <laughs> and it's all voiced by Seth Rogen. <sighs> I guess I guess what do you think it's it's throw out some guesses of like the unique feature that this will be another big selling point. So I've already I've said it for a while now. I think the thing is somehow it has game pass abilities. Somehow you can link that in there. It's got to have some kind of streaming thing, like where you can stream your game somewhere else at this point. Because everyone else kind of has that option now. Uh, uh, then again, Nintendo's really locked tight about their shit, so maybe not. Um, yeah, I mean, Game Pass would be very cool to see on there. Uh, I, I don't know. Because like, they'll just throw shit at the wall and then just like abandon it and forget about it, too. Like the you 3DS think they came dip with those more into the VR shit. Or? I don't like 3DS came with those like augmented reality cards, and then like you know they gave up on augmented reality like super quick. The Switch yeah. has like the Switch screen is actually a touchpad that people forget about ninety percent of the time, and developers forget about ninety nine percent of the time. So yeah, it's it's weird. They throw these things in there, and they just kind of go, eh, yeah, you know, whatever. <coughs> So no Nintendo, I mean, it's gonna be something goofy that they don't follow up on. At this point, like I'm sorry, nobody cares about motion controls. I feel like the most annoying part of any game is when they try to get cute with like tilt your actual controller and do. It's like we don't fucking need that. Like I don't, I don't know what their next goofy thing is. But Brian, they already have their sequel to to one two switch, so they can't even do that. Brian, there's no sellers. <laughs> what do they do? <coughs> I do agree with you. Um, my gut first said Christmas, but yeah, I could see them yeah picking a random mass. They're like, oh, May. You're like, what? Like, like some month that makes no sense. So, yeah, at the next Nintendo Direct, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more curious than I've been in a while for them. So, the time is ripe. Everyone knows it was just a ticking time. I just hope they don't fuck over people with. Keep the keep the current version of Switch Online or Nintendo Shop. Make sure all that shit carries over. Don't fuck them over like you've done. Yeah, from system to system. I th- I mean, I think at this point, since everything was basically, yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty set now with their Nintendo like online accounts and their IPs. So, I think at this point, like you could sign in this with. I, I, obviously, it was different eShops for the Wii U and the. 3DS and a Switch, so yeah, at least make some carryover. Let your purchases come with you. Give your fans a little bit of fan service, Nintendo. You don't have to fuck them so bad. Oh, no, they're good with fan service. They need to give a little actual customer service. That's what they need this time. Fan, customer, it's the same thing, Jim. Oh, no, world of difference, Brian. The only fans are the customers. Come on. Think about it. Oh, no, because <laughs> there's, 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 they abuse their pay pigs. That's what Nintendo does. Ah, we'll see. I, I, nothing else. It'll be interesting. I, I, the only thing I'm very curious is like, will it fall from that? You, the usual trend of Nintendo, which is giant hit, big flop, giant hit, big, like, you know, can they do a double header? That we'll see. That will be interesting to see. Now the DS and the 3DS were both very successful. 
So they do know that portable market. That might be the saving grace here. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All, time will tell, Jambers. Time will tell. I think they come out with a Nintendo phone as your apparatus to use with your thing. Will they ever set up internet right? Will they ever make that work? I don't need any other gimmicks on there. Why don't you just make online work? Because that would make too much sense, Chambers. Too much goddamn sense. Make it work for more than three games like Splatoon or Mario Kart or even good old Tetris 99. The bane of my existence. <laughs> oh, Chambers. But, Brian, speaking of Tetris. So, and speaking of Tetris 99, Brian... Don't you love it when you have a fan base that will immediately flood your mentions with, hey, a 13-year-old beat Tetris. Hey, a 13-year-old did the impossible. Hey, Jim, look at this. Jim, Jim, look at this. Jim, 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 look at this 13-year-old. <laughs> and, I mean, I got to give it to the fucking kid. He did something that was never done before without AI-generated help. He got a kill screen in Tetris on the NES, which was previously thought impossible, had never been done before, and this little kid, he just absolutely crushed it. With concentration and power that I will never achieve or will never know. I was, I think, you know, before we get into the particular topic we want to talk about. Yeah, this kid who goes by the name Blue Scuddy, um, 13 years old, like Jim said. He has a YouTube channel and he does speed runs of the NES Tetris. I'm shocked. I thought at this point every version of Tetris, somebody's hitting a kill screen. So I, I was also very unaware that the NES one had not been hitting at this point. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, number one, my opinion when I saw I went, that is so awesome for this kid. Like, that is – being 13 and getting something like that, you're like, holy shit. You know, like – I just kudos to that kid. You busted your ass. You got it. So naturally, as most media usually depicts gaming, which I feel like it's going out of favor to be this kind of oblivious to the impact of games and how what it means to folks. But uh, leave it to a Brit. And I don't even know. It just says a news anchor. So I don't even know her. Someone from Sky News. I, I don't know who this is, but so you see her. I mean, as soon as she starts talking, it's like she's saying words she doesn't understand. She's like, now, Tetris, it's a game where you have to clear lines. Like, you know, she just has the idea of video games to her is so foreign. It's beyond I love, realm of Maybe you should have your kid go outside. And she decides, yeah, she she basically, she says, oh, this 13-year-old has beat this game, thought impossible. And she's like, well, maybe he should just go outside. If it was my children, I would say, that's not a life goal. You need to go outside. So naturally, as gamers do, they were quite upset with this comment. Um, do I think the outlash from people was probably a little excessive? Of course. But, uh, you know, but this is like, isn't this just what you expect Right, like from someone like this, like you don't look at someone like this and think that's someone that's gonna think this is cool. Like she was given this story to report on that she has no idea what the fuck Tetris even is, and she's like, "Gaming, huh? That's for those losers." You know, you know. So she's dumb as shit. Yeah, she, I she, thought at this point most people would be smart enough to recognize, like, "Hey, just congratulate a thirteen-year-old kid who just set a world record." 
Doesn't matter if you like it or not. Ah, if so, it's, if, it's that smugness. <laughs> it's that smugness on her face as she's about to say it with her little stupid Marmite crumb stuck between her teeth and her god-awful tea breath. Freaking talking down about this king, this king of a gamer, a real king, and not that bullcrap she play, pays taxes towards just for some goddamn tourists. Disgusting. Awful people. I mean, we all know there's people out there. You just, I guess from a news anchor of whatever the fuck Sky News is, you would think, like, you wouldn't have that opinion because you know it's probably going to be stupid. But uh, F her. Kid, you did awesome. And Jim, it just begs a question. When are you going to step up and beat Tetris 99? <laughs> got some franchises to beat first, Brian. I got I got, I got, got responsibilities here. Got a Patreon review to do. You. I got to beat some franchises. It, I got things to do, Brian. Is there any part of you, though? See, this is where my brain turns on. When I see this, I go, this makes me want to try Tetris on the NES. You know, I've never played Tetris on the NES, the actual like, NES it. version. We only played it when we did the... Uh, the yeah, championship, the, yeah, the world championship, yeah, the NWC. Yeah. But, but like that, I don't like. I said I don't know if that's whenever I see somebody like say like, oh, I did this or I said this. There's a part of me. It's not even a thinking like I can do it. It's just like I kind of want to see how far I could get. Like you know, fuck around with a little bit, and then inevitably when it's way too difficult after like level ten, I'm like, fuck this game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you don't have the chance to say fuck this game because you're already out. You're just went and dead. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, when, when do, here's a question. When do you think the, any form of stigma with gaming goes out the window? I mean, it's getting there more and more. I think there'll always be some of it out there, but I mean, it's just becoming so intertwined with like everyday life. It's not even, it's not even remotely like when we were kids at this point. No. Like when you, when you were a kid in our day, like you were just, you know, no, oh, you're a gamer dork. All right, whatever. But you know, nowadays it's just like. Yeah, everyone games. You game, they game, everybody games. So it doesn't matter. No one cares anymore. So yeah, I think give it like another generation. It'll literally just be like a thing. Be like, that's oh, what, what do you play? What Baseball? Say, what do you like, play? Fortnite? Okay. Yeah, like like that. That's my point. Is with our generation. So you're in your late thirties, forties. But shit, enough people even in their fifties grew up and gaming was the thing it wasn't uncool it wasn't whatever i am curious when it is just becomes everyone could recognize as like oh that's pretty goddamn cool like the same way if somebody told me right now like they got a fucking world record in curling one part of my brain be like who the fuck cares <laughs> fucking another, stupid part of me can, another part of me could also go okay that's that's kind of cool you won you know okay it's like darts and, and bowling and all that other shit. Like, cool. I respect it. Apparently, like, they like the segment after she did her little comment, she like praised someone who was like a darts champion. Then you just kind of go, really? I, I know. It, it, it's, you know what it is? It's just, like I said, that's, a, that's the old uh, gatekeeper of that generation. And, it, and it's Britain, so you can never take them serious. Yeah, you know, you know how that goes. Obviously, just, just <laughs> awful people. Jim, by next episode, fucking beat Tetris ninety nine. <laughs> just do it. You know, Brian, I've been holding out on you so long. I've just been, I've just been making a meme on purpose. I could have, I could have done it any time. I could have done it years ago. I'm just doing it for the people, Brian. That's what I'm doing. 
you know, seeing this actually makes me want to play Tetris 99. I might have to throw my hat back in that ring. Good. <laughs> Jim, are you ready for some tags tomorrow on, on uh, Twitter? Like, Can't hey, Jim, wait. Look what I did on my first game. <laughs> hey, look what I did while pooping. <laughs> oh, Jim. I was in the middle of a wipe and I won. That'd be pretty impressive. You know, there were some games I won. I'm I never touching your second. <laughs> Don't. But you're also, you're just so misinformed for a guy that lives in the bathroom and doesn't bring the Switch for the whole reason why it's popular. We'll never, I'll never understand it, Jim. Can't you're, have the particles, Brian. Alert. Can't have the particles or the shitticles. Can't be coming up the um, works. I, I just, ah, uh, Jim then again, with the way you shit, I don't know. Maybe you do need plastic all around you. Right, who knows? <laughs> Probably wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> but, Jambers, <clears throat> let's move on to our final thing. And it's uh, bringing back what we did last week, hitting up another which is better. I wanted to go a little more obscure here. Um, the one's not obscure, but the other one... Um, I loved the one theme very much. The other one is very well known and very well liked. Um, put aside your feelings because I know you're not a big Ghost and Goblins fan. Fucking hate that game. Me too. But I think it is it is safe to say it is a very, very well known theme. So for this week on which is better, I want to ask Jim, what did he like better? Between the Ghost and Goblins, stage one. Or Gremlins 2 office theme, which is also stage one. So we're going to take a minute here. I'm going to let Jambers listen to it. And then we'll pull back in and we'll have our little debate about it. Ghosts and Goblins first, because I'm more familiar with that song, mm -hmm. obviously. A classic. An absolute classic. Yep. It's good. I still call it a little disorienting, but it's good. Yeah, but it does the job. It's very catchy. It's an earworm. Has it's, that earworm to it. I also call it a little messy. But... A little bit, yeah. They definitely improved. I mean, obviously, it's been in every game, so they've improved on it, like, with every iteration. Sure. I think I think Ghouls and Ghosts is way better of a version, but, yeah, for, I mean, being the first one. Great little great little piece of music there, Brian. Okay. All right, now trying, trying Gremlins 2 now. Okay. All right. Waiting for this stupid ad to go away. There we yep. go. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I. It's a game that I don't know why doesn't get more love for this song alone. And there's a lot of good songs from Gremlins too, but I've always found this one to be very enjoyable. That's that's a really good theme. Yeah. It's definitely way. I mean, I, I'm assuming it came out later as a game. So, you know, it's definitely like a way more layered music track and stuff like that. 
where yeah, like Ghosts and Goblins is very simplistic. It's almost it's I mean, sound was mono coming out of the NES anyway, but like this sounds more layered and just like not just like one music channel, basically. Yeah, so Gremlins 2 came out in 1990. So it was definitely later. Um, yeah. But the whole reason why I brought this up is... Now, Brian, you being the horror nerd, is that from the movie or was that an original song? So I tried to think about that. I was like, are they trying to do the the remake of the original Gremlins? Like, it has... <laughs> feelings of that but i i don't know if it's a direct ripoff so i i i and i could be absolutely wrong um i did love that movie did you see i, I assume you saw that movie right i've seen gremlins too yeah yeah so of course uh for both movies jerry goldsmith is a composer who pretty goddamn legendary um i just i'm not as familiar with all the soundtracks that first gremlin song i know inside and out my kids hum it everything I don't know if Gremlins 2, if it's the same, but this, for some reason as a kid, I could never beat Gremlins 2, but I remember this song. And when I think of classic NES titles, nobody talks about this game at all, as far as soundtracks. And and it's like the way people blow Ghosts and Goblins, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'd want to compare a game that should get the recognition versus a game that does. So obviously I'm very biased. It's very clear. I prefer Gremlins too. But you, you know, you know the history with Ghosts and Goblins and you're hearing this presumably for the first time. What's your take? Um, no, I think I think Gremlins 2 is definitely a better song. It's giving me like like those vibes of almost like the main title theme in like Era the Acrobat, where it's like way more complex of a track than has any right to be and how it builds on itself with like the different mm-hmm. parts and stuff like that where obviously again it's an older game uh ghosts and goblins is a very much a simpler track but there's something to be said for being one of those all-time earworms so that's where i think it becomes tough but i think just in terms of being a better song i think gremlins too blows it out of the water yeah and, and, you know, like, I thought about that, too. I was like, is it unfair comparing such an early NES game? Because that came out in uh, 86. Like so, oh, wow, yeah. That is so, early. F- four years earlier. But then again, I think of, like, original Castlevania. And I'm like, I don't care what you put that up against. That's beating a lot of things much later on. So, I guess part of it was also my feeling of... Is that stage one in Ghosts and Goblins a little overrated for how good it is? Maybe. It's weird, because, like, I don't think, like, everyone goes, oh, yeah, that catchy tune, but no one ever says, I don't think anyone really says that much how great of a tune it is. Maybe it's not because it's great. I think it's more because it's... It's just iconic kind of thing. It's it's iconic, right? And whereas, I'm like, yeah, but have you heard Gremlins too? So... Yeah, no, I've always loved this song. It's one that, that's always gone down. But, you know, as always, what we want to hear is, what do you guys think? Are do you, Is there someone out there that completely disagrees with us? And remember, keep keep the feelings of the games themselves separate. This is just music-based. So, you know, I'm very curious. Are, is there anyone out there that's like, well, this is why Ghosts and Goblins is better? Yeah, it's to me it would almost be weird, like, trying to... Com- 
I guess it isn't as direct a comparison, but like, or not as fair, but like doing like say Vampire Killer versus Bloody Tears. Yeah. Where it's like Bloody Tears is a way more complex track, but it also came out a couple years later. So exactly. Yeah. No, that that's very good. But Vampire Killer is an all-time earworm too. So I don't know. You tell me. How about you tell me, people out there? <laughs> Boost me in the algorithm, damn you. <laughs> so, Chambers, uh, I see you moved from the hams to a flight. Yeah, I killed off the la- oh, Dude, these hams. Why They're are they so, so good? good? Why are they so good? <sighs> what? Why have I not? I've been so wrong, Brian. Why have I not? Why have I not known? I didn't know. I feel lied to. I feel cheated. I will say. I, some person in one of the comments was like, Oh, you should try Beast. And I was like, I'm very well acquainted with Beast. Like my, <laughs> Beast. Old, my old man loved Beast Light. Yep. So I'm very I'm very acquainted with old Milwaukee, but Hams blows it out of the water in my mind. Hams and I'm like trying to figure it out. It's like are we wrong? So I guess that's my question. You having it the day after, does it still have that same luster as it did yesterday when we tried it? It doesn't have that shock factor that we had, obviously, but I was still just like yeah, this is still good though. Like, it, it's just weird how full of flavor it is for being a cheap beer. For being cheap as shit. Yeah, and for I, not being like unpleasant at all. I, I yeah, it, I, it, like it tastes like it should be a lager, but it's just like it's just it's a beer. Yeah, four point seven percent, so it's not super strong. You know what it is? It's like this is kind of what I imagine like Duff would have been watching The Simpsons as a kid. <laughs> okay i see that like i know it's playing off bud but like like i've had regular bud but i think like i think hams is better so here's the deal when we do our blind beer test of a bunch of randoms you know i gotta throw some hams in there and we gotta really blind it make sure we like it as much as we do i want to see that up against a yingling blind that would be interesting yeah so uh that will be my go-to, by the way. You talked about your cheap beer. I think I'm literally going to get a 30 case that's not cold and just keep it for when I want to throw a, a beer in. And, yeah, that's going to be yep. my cheap Th- beer. Throwing in on podcast day. That could be your beer after the main beer. Yeah. I can't say the same about my Genesee Oktoberfest. I don't hate on it, but I also... It is a beer that exists. It's a That's a perfect way to put it, Chambers. So... With that, everyone, we want to say thank you all so, so much for watching, for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that notification bell. It would mean a lot so you can see all of our latest videos and shorts. And please make sure you hit subscribe if you are watching this episode and you enjoyed yourself. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, give us a five-star rating, hit subscribe button. And if you want to leave us a comment, even to tell us how terrible we did, we will read it on each and every one of these Power Hour podcasts. With that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, everybody.